0: Hi, and welcome to my other, other gig, the podcast featuring conversations with interesting kindy musicians talking about their interesting non-kindy obsessions. Today, I've got on the podcast Ashley Albert, the wonderfully dynamic and funny frontwoman of the kindy band The Jimmies, and as is always the case on my other, other gig, I'm going to talk about The Jimmies with... Ashley, hardly at all, maybe not at all. Instead, what I want to talk to her about today are her other many obsessions, but in particular, her new uh, obsession, or I guess it's not entirely new, but ongoing and most prominent obsession, and that is opening a shuffleboard club in the Gowanus neighborhood of Brooklyn, New York. And so uh, we're going to have fun. I'm going to learn a lot about shuffleboard because I'll be honest, I know nothing about... A shuffleboard. I also know nothing about opening a big old shuffleboard club in an old warehouse. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation. And so, Ashley, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: So um, the first thing I want you to tell me is whether or not you ever ever played shuffleboard as a kid. I mean, is this something that uh, grew out of years and years of shuffleboard experience?
1: I mean, I come by it honestly. I grew up in Miami
0: mm-hmm.
1: and um, spent a lot of time in West Palm Beach and and um, with my grandparents who pretty much raised me. And, uh, and that's what you did in Miami back in the day in the 70s and early 80s. You played shuffleboard um, with your grandparents. And uh, I, I, it's amazing how many people up here in New York have that same memory of playing in Century Village, you know, and our grandparents, you know, Retirement community shuffleboard club.
0: R- really? I mean, so there you actually. I'll, I'll be honest. I and maybe I just haven't had a shuffleboard-related conversation, and I would be surprised <laughs> at the extent of my friends' shuffleboard backgrounds. But I, and so maybe this. I that's just a uh, an East Coast, a New York thing. So you actually have met a number of people who were just friends pre-shuffleboard uh, 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 life that actually had memories of, of playing shuffleboard.
1: Well, it's the sort of thing where it never came up before my pre-shuffleboard, in my pre-shuffleboard life. You know, Ah. it's, it's one of those, like, buried memories... I have to think of another analogy of something where, like, you're like, oh, yeah, I totally played shuffleboard. But it's not something that people will be like, hey, remember when we used to play shuffleboard? (laughs) Nobody's bringing it up apropos of nothing. But once we talk about it, they go, oh my gosh, I always played when I went down to Miami or, you know, to visit my grandparents. I mean, there's that big New York, Florida connection. You know, so many of uh, the people who live here have relatives down there. And that's, that's how we came up with the idea for the club. My business partner, Jonathan, and I were down in Florida becoming certified barbecue judges. Um, That was my holiday (laughs) gift to him last year. And so we were down there and he said, oh, can we play shuffleboard while we're down here? I used to play all the time with my grandparents. It was the best. And I was like, listen, kid, there's no more shuffleboard in Florida. I can't even begin to imagine where we would find a shuffleboard court. So we went online and we did some research and found the world's largest shuffleboard club four hours away in St. Petersburg. And um, it's it's where Cocoon was shot. It's called the Mirror Lake Club. Mm. And I said, we're not driving four and a half hours unless we know we can play. So we called and spoke with the president of this city-owned club, and she turned out to be this super-hip 28-year-old girl who was like, yeah, come on down. We're actually having a party Friday night. You should just come for that. So we rented a convertible, and we drove four hours to St. Petersburg, and um, it was magical. There were punk bands playing and veggie cart veggie hot dog carts and bookmobiles and there were all different kinds of people young people and old people and families and people on dates and all the hipsters of St. Petersburg were all you know took over this city-owned shuffleboard club and we were like this would kill in New York
0: it, it i mean it sounds, having read a, a little bit about uh, the background i mean it really did sound like oh my goodness this is this is a community event this is yeah this is something and interestingly the sort of the age desegregation that it's not just that it's not just a bunch of 28 year old hipsters it's yeah it is the 28 year old hipsters but it's also their grandparents
1: and I, I love that. I feel like in so many ways we miss out on an intergenerational interaction. I, I mean, for, and that's what's so great about Shuffleboard. I mean, it really is an equalizer um, and it is something that everyone can do and and hopefully will do. And it won't just be this intolerably hip thing. We, you know, We're not doing it, we're not approaching it in an ironic way at all. We're really, we, we've really become passionate about the game. 2013 is the 100 year anniversary of shuffleboard in America and um, you know it's a kind of a dead sport but you know there's a lot of bars here in New York like there's a ping pong bar and skee ball and there's Brooklyn Bowl and um, it, it, all of those games are, are just, obviously it's much more fun than just sitting around drinking but um, th- this is a I feel like this is, this is the superior version of those games in terms of the interaction that you can have between people.
0: Okay, so I am, as I said at the beginning, I am totally unfamiliar with shuffleboard, except, you know, I, I see the, the lanes with the triangles, and then you yeah. push something with a stick. So, can you give like a one minute description of how to play shuffleboard?
1: Sure. So, they say about shuffleboard, it's, you know, a minute to learn, a lifetime to master.
0: Mm-hmm. Just like which c- is what, curling. Which is
1: what I think makes it so great for all the ages, is because you can play and be in the game. You know, if you and I played pool, I would try and miss the ball and then you'd clear the table, or ping pong. Like, I would never be able to hit the ball back to you. But with shuffleboard, you'd really be able to stay in the game and play the entire time, which is kind of cool. So, the the Pucks are called biscuits. Okay. And the stick is called a tang. And you take your tang and you shove your biscuit across the court. Now, a shuffleboard court, a regulation size court, is six feet by 60 feet. So your partner and your opponent, you're standing next to your opponent, and your partner and their partner are 60 feet across from you on the other side of the court. Okay. And you're sending your, your biscuit down the court, and in that triangle, there's different numbers. There's a 10, two eights, two sevens, and then negative 10 on the bottom. And
0: so wherever at, the you base, land, at the base. At the base of the triangle. Land, farthest, the farthest away from you at the base of the triangle
1: is a negative 10. Okay. You do not want to end up there. That's called the kitchen. You lose 10 points if you end up there. But it's all up until the very last point, it's kind of like bocce and croquet. You know, you're you can get a 10 and you can jump up and down and be excited to have gotten your 10, but then your opponent shoots directly after you. You alternate turns. So he if he's worth anything, he's gonna knock you right out of that 10. Now, if he's you know, if, if you get lucky, he may just knock you into an eight or a seven. But if you get unlucky, he either knocks you out completely or worse, lands you in the kitchen, and then you get negative 10. So you play to traditionally 75, but we may also offer something where it's more like a framed game, so it would be just 12 frames. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just take turns with the person next to you. You, have four, you each have four discs, so you go one, 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 one. The very last disc shot is called the hammer. And all of the pros, we went to the... Um, The World Championships last year, and the pros will say, "This is what you got to do. You got to clear the board and score your hammer, which means get everybody else out of their point scoring boxes, and then land your hammer in the highest points you can get." Uh,
0: You know, I'm just listening to this discussion, and I must say, I love these names. I (laughs) love, I love the biscuits. I love the tangs. I love the kitchen. The hammer. I mean, that's just awesome.
1: Yeah, and I love the idea that we can sort of reclaim all this lingo and come up with lingo of our own. My my business partner, Jonathan, and I joined um, this full circle bar skee ball league just to kind of see how it went, because we're going to have shuffleboard leagues, and we wanted to sort of get a feel for what it was like, and... Um, it was so cool. You know, they have all kinds of words and they're like, Oh, she got a cherry and Oh, it looks like he's going for a full circle and all these different terms. And I love the idea of having a sort of
0: secret shuffleboard language. I mean, that seems like the merchandising or just, you know, like t-shirts you could make so many (laughs) t-shirts relative to that, that I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm tickled pink by these, by these names and these, these descriptions. So, So this is the only one in New York?
1: This is the only thing of its kind. I mean, there's no such thing as a shuffleboard, like a private shuffleboard club, certainly not with a liquor license, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so it sounds like this is, I mean, it's not just uh, a bunch of shuffleboard lanes. It is, um, you've got many other plans associated with the the club.
1: Yeah, well, so... We're gonna obviously have live music, and I'm sure we will have a children's, um, you know, a children's music series. It will definitely be the the home the home court advantage for the Jimmies, <laughs> and then, um, but we won't be doing a lot of rock and roll. In fact, the Jimmies are really off brand a little bit. We're a little we're a little too hardcore for the, the Royal Palms. We're looking at more like Notes cover bands and. Tiki bands and New Orleans jazz and that sort of thing. A lot of of Yacht Rock. Um, And and with that Yacht Rock, we're doing our food program, which uh, is that we're driving food trucks directly into the space and swapping them out every night. So the food trucks will inform the music programming and vice versa. So if we have yacht rock, we might have the lobster roll truck, or if we have a taco truck. I found this amazing female mariachi band, um, or Serge Gainsburg and crepe night stuff like that.
0: That sounds great. I, you know, and one of the things that had occurred to me as I, as I read somewhere about the the food truck concept is that um, it's always scratch always and scratch the word annoying because that that's a, a, a <laughs> level of um, annoyance that I, I don't reach for the subject of, of food trucks. But uh-huh. um, you go to someplace and you want to get food and you have to leave the venue for the food truck. And the idea right. of just having a big enough garage door that they can just drive in. And so you can go to the food truck without leaving the venue that you're in I and mean, that's that's just a really cool and smart business idea
1: yeah you know for us i i love food anyone who knows me knows that i'm a big eater um, but i think that we were smart enough to know that we knew nothing about it and that w- we would be biting off way more than we could chew to try to do a giant seventeen thousand square foot shuffleboard bar and try to open a restaurant at the same time, and so this kind of takes the onus off of us and gives us something really fun and interesting to do, um, without having to worry about supplying or staffing a kitchen or uh, health code stuff. It's it's really kind of um, it's a good one.
0: Great. So music bar,
1: and and for the stage, you know, it won't just be music. We'll also be doing things like you know. Let's Make a Deal and Bingo Nights and Love Boat reruns and, um, you know, sort of fun programming that goes along with it. And then we have such a giant space that we keep getting approached by all kinds of interesting people doing interesting things who just want to have, hold their event at our space. There's the Brooklyn Derby people who have a big, giant Kentucky Derby party every year. There's um, this homebrew Festival where they, you know, all these different people who brew their own beer come and you can sample everybody's beer. Um, just a whole bunch of different kinds of neat things that have outgrown the spaces that they've previously done it in and need a big giant space. And we are in fact a big giant space.
0: So yeah, that this this now, I'm I'm really really excited about this shuffleboard club <laughs> that's opening like 2,500 <laughs> miles away from me and. <laughs> So I'm curious, what what was it about this particular idea that obsessed you so much that you've decided to invest, you know, a year or more of your life in this? Uh, you know, I'm sure yeah. you have no small amount of um, capital,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, in this. I mean, what was it that sort of turned this obsession into the uh, no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm all in for this.
1: Well, like most of the things that I have done in my life, it, it mostly happened by accident. <laughs> That's what happened with the Jimmys. That's what happened with my necklace company, you know, Survival of the Hippest. Um, and then with the shuffleboard, so, so we came back up and we said, oh, man. That was so awesome, wouldn't it be cool if we could open a shuffleboard club in New York after we'd been down in St. Petersburg? And we said, but there's no way we can do it because we're never gonna find a place big enough and affordable enough and convenient enough that people will actually come to. We could find a big warehouse in the middle of nowhere, but no one's coming. So we just started lightly looking at real estate, mostly to convince ourselves that it was a terrible idea. And we stumbled across our space. We'd seen maybe, I don't know, six, seven places, just like within a couple of days. It wasn't like a an exhaustive search. And we found this space and we were like, oh my gosh, this this is the space. And this this space at this price in this location is not going to be here in six months. So we were like, well, if we're going to do it, we're gonna have to just do it. We didn't have any money raised, we didn't have a business plan yet. I mean, we'd just gotten back, but we were like, This is it. I mean, we're gonna have to make a move because there's no way we're gonna be able to find this again. Um, so we just moved forward and snatched it up. And uh, and, and once, it was, I, I, once yeah.
0: you did that, then you were well, committed. But-
1: Then, right, then we were, once we plunked down, you know, $100,000 as a deposit, we were like, well, I guess we're having a shuffleboard club. And then also that same week, um, Gothamist, uh, you know, which is a a sort of a a blog here in New York. Apropos of nothing, this girl wrote an article saying, you guys, why isn't there a shuffleboard club in New York? Wouldn't that be cool? It's so much more fun than ping pong and bowling and skee-ball. And we have all of those already. And we wrote her like, oh, my gosh, we're totally opening a shuffleboard club. And, um, and from that one article, we got a ton of press from everywhere. The Wall Street Journal and Cranes and Vanity Fair called about doing a feature and The Post and uh, just a ton of press. And, um, and we looked at each other and I was like, well, I guess we're not trying to have a shuffleboard club anymore. I guess we should tell our parents we're having a shuffleboard club because it looks like there's no turning back.
0: So what? What has so you decided to do this, and you plunked yeah. down your money, and you moved forward. And what has been? You're you're obviously an entrepreneur in many ways. So uh, this is not the idea of starting a business or starting a, an effort uh, yeah. is not new to you. But what has been surprising or more difficult than you had anticipated about? This kind of business of trying to open a a business to the public, a, a service and entertainment kind of business.
1: You know, for me, the the thing that's been the most delightful about it is that it's so much more social than all of the other things that I've done up to this point. You know, I mean, the Jimmys um, is a public thing, but you know, I'm at home writing the songs. I'm in the studio by myself producing the albums, you know, I'm with the band, you know, when we perform out for just a couple of days and then I see the fans for, you know, maybe 40 minutes while I'm at the show. And the rest of the time is it's pretty solitary. Um, There's something about this project where uh, so many, there are so many jobs to be had. There are so many supplies that are needed and services of things we need to hire people for that we're having, 10 15 meetings a day with people who then become our friends and who we're just this social circle that we have built around this project is a- astonishing to me and and that's been great and somehow you know I think when you meet a parent and you're like oh I have a kids band now I'm I'm saying it like oh I have a kids band I'm going to give you my music for your children but I think for a lot of parents, at least until they hear the music and then go, oh, this isn't so bad, they think they're doing me a favor by taking my music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all right, I'll take your CD. Where I'm going, oh, wait till you listen to this music. Um, but they're thinking, okay, well, this is your band. You're trying to promote your band. Something about the this, though, I think people feel like, ooh, I want to know the owner of this cool bar. I want to be able to feel like I'm a part of this community so somehow it feels like it's for them too and not just for me
0: so it does it does Uh, um, (laughs) sort of on the same subject but slightly uh, different perspective Um, we were talking before we started recording uh, about um, how you sometimes get caught up in in your various obsessions and and I'm wondering how you decide when to go all in on an obsession and when you decide to let those obsessions go. I mean, what is it that attracts you about something that says, um, I'm, I'm moving forward with this, and what is it that maybe at some point where you say, yeah, this is over?
1: You know, it's funny because I am – kind of cursed with uh, ideas sometimes. Like I get an idea and it's like, oh, this is a good idea. I don't have time to do this idea. You know, and it's, that's worse. It's having it's no horrible. ideas.
0: It's horrible. horrible oh, yeah, having-,
1: having no ideas is bad, but having good ideas that you can't follow through on is, is pretty bad too, you know? So um, I think for me, uh, so many ideas that I have, I have in the shower... And then forget about by the time I get out of the shower. So that's, that's good. That helps weed down the, <laughs> the list of right. things on the to-do list. Um, but I think what ends up happening is if it sounds like it would be fun to pursue. I have, I have ideas that would definitely be big money-making ideas. But I, I can sort of follow the trajectory far enough out to go, okay. But then in the end, I'm just going to be... Running a manufacturing plant, right? You know, yeah. or I'm going to be selling, you know, going having to sell this to big manufacturers or big retailers or, you know, uh, yeah,
0: that, think, that, yeah, that the creative impulse, which is probably at the heart of many of those ideas, becomes, in the end, a management process. Yeah. That, that, that here with the shuffleboard club, you're actually. Yes, you are trying to put together a business and you're going to have to worry about stuff like suppliers and hiring and, and those sorts of dull things. But in the end, what you are really still going to have to do day in, day out is create a sense of community that people are so obsessed and in love with that they want to come back on a weekly exactly. basis for the leagues or once a month for you know a, a happy hour or what have you
1: and and that and that part sounds fun to me and you know i've lived in new york for 20 years and i'm not a big bar goer i just if you had told me that i was going to be opening a bar two years ago I would have that, that would have been the least likely thing I would have ended up doing but what I love about this project is the possibility for it really being a place to belong and not just for me but you know that's kind of our entire business manifesto is we don't want this to be a place that you've come we want it to be a place that you you know go on a regular basis and um and feel like it's, you know, something that you belong to. And I love the idea of being able to do that and make that a, a meaningful part of my life. And maybe that's the thing that motivates me is, you know, I, I am a I'm a little bit of a workaholic, so I've gotta choose projects because they define my life that actually make me happier and make and enhance my life and don't just make money, you know, because in the end that's not gonna be enough.
0: Right, I mean you need to pick the projects that somehow reflect your personality And yeah. if the projects don't reflect your personality In the end it, it just seems to me that that is going to burn you out And you're going to be stuck in a job that you don't like that you know, you're, And you can't be authentic in I mean I, you know, when I heard that you were opening a shuffleboard club It was like, whoa, that's so cool And <laughs> then it was, oh yeah, I can totally see her doing that yeah. I mean, it, it really, it, uh, you know, from just you know my interactions with you, you know, and knowing you over the years uh, through the kids' music stuff, it's like, oh yeah, I can totally see why Ashley would want to do that. Uh, well,
1: it's it's funny that you say that because you know before I started the Jimmies, which also kind of I tumbled into, I never th- considered myself a singer. I didn't know that I was a songwriter. I I really it was not something that I had ever considered doing. Um, and then when I did it, there wasn't anybody who said to me, you're doing what? You're in a band? I didn't know you sang. Everybody was like, oh yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know, it just was, the, it, when it's right, it feels right.
0: So one of the things I, I I want to ask people or talk to people about in this podcast, because it's all about what could be defined as people's third obsession if not fourth or fifth obsession uh, right and that is how do you manage your time i mean how do, you've got you have your voice over work and you have uh the Jimmys sometimes and you have uh you know survival of the hippest and uh, you've got those three projects and then you've got this thing how how yeah. do you manage your time
1: it's not i'm not i'm a little haggard <laughs> <laughs> the moment I um, you know it's it's unfortunately th- something's got to give right so um, I, I think the way that I've been approaching it this year, I recognize that there was no way that I was going to be able to do all four things at once. So the voiceover stuff I mean that's how I make my money and that's how I've always made my living so um, not only is it turnkey but it's it's lucrative in a way that keeps me afloat. Even when you know I'm not doing anything else, so the voiceover stuff I still do, but of course, um I've downgraded a bit in terms of what i can what I can make and can't make in terms of like auditions and things like that. The necklace company kind of is at a place where it runs itself, you know I mean we were on the Today Show on Friday. Um, and that was like wow. all, all of a sudden I was in like a Lucille Ball conveyor belt chocolate. It was like oh no 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 I can't I can't take all these orders and now I don't you know. It's funny I had a, I have an assistant who runs the company and he's in Haiti and he was out of out of commission. I was like it's okay we're getting like one or two orders in a week I can handle those and then all of a sudden we we were on the Today Show and we got just a deluge of orders. So it's been kind of a hilarious couple of weeks of me trying to juggle. Uh, that windfall. But for the most part, I, I, I'm keeping survival of the hippest and the jimmies uh, just alive, if not thriving, for the most part. You know, the jimmies, I, I, uh, I just am not taking on any gigs for the rest of the year. I just t- have turned everything down. And in general, I'm really, I, I, uh, I, don't, I don't take many gigs from the jimmies anyway, just because it, I want to make them so great, and it's so hard to pack up the bubble gun and the groundhog puppet and the confetti canister and get on the road to do that that um, I end up turning down more gigs than I take. Uh, but it, you know, I think it's the sort of thing where as soon as the royal palms are up and running again, then I'll go back into the studio and make another album. Um, so it's just a matter of kind of compartmentalizing and focusing everything on one thing to do it to its highest execution and then turning your focus to the other thing, versus trying to multitask and split your time.
0: Okay, so what do you have left to do for the club before it opens?
1: So we're still raising money um, which is something I have never had to do before. And it is a, a lesson in humility and schmoozing and all kinds of things. I'll ask anybody. I'll be on the bus and I'll be like, excuse me, do you have $50,000 you'd like to invest in a shuffleboard club? <laughs>
0: Shaking the <laughs> like, little cup.
1: <laughs> yeah. i will be like, no, what? Maybe. Who are you? Like <laughs> they go from no to maybe a lot of the time, which is funny. Um, So it's a lot of fundraising and we've started construction. So the idea is that hopefully we'll get more checks in more checks than bills, you know, that people will say yes to the and give us money before we have to pay something that we don't have the money in the account to do. Um, so, so that's what we're doing. We're raising money. We're building the place out and then we have to hire like 75 people and, um,
0: Wow, because this yeah this isn't, um, I guess, you're, this isn't like a bar that might be open from 3 or 4. This is probably someplace that's going to, and, and runs till 2 or, or 3 or whatever, but right. this is probably going to open at 10 or 11 in the morning.
1: Um, you know, I think we're going to have to feel it out. I think we might do a couple, it depends. It really depends on what kind of demand there is. I think at the beginning, we'll probably only be open during the day, maybe thursday through sunday and then we'll open at three or four the rest of the days um and then if it seems like wow we've got families and certainly during the summer we'll be open all you know all day every day because it's like a bowling alley you know it's a great place on a saturday at two in the afternoon when you don't want to eat lunch and then you don't want to sit inside and go to the movies and you don't want to you know it's 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 a really great thing to do with your kids it's a great thing to do on a date is a great thing to do with your friends to catch up because you can actually talk. You know, that's one of the things, even though we're having live music, both Jonathan and I, we're old. We don't want to be in a bar where we have to yell um, to talk to our people. I lose like 76% of my charm if I have to go above a certain decibel level at a bar. So um, having a place that you can actually go and talk to your friends, I think is going to be a really nice um, service.
0: Yeah, so I I, uh, I, I would ask, but I totally understand if you would rather not say, do you have a target opening date in mind? We or do, a, a, we a do.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're looking at the end of July, um, which is close, you know, it's sooner than you think. Right. Um, and I think, well, because once we start, I mean, we have our liquor license, we have all our building permits, we have all of that stuff in place, it's just, and we're building, so... The build-out should take about four months. Um, So we're looking at at least having a soft open by the end of July. And what we'll do is we'll do a Kickstarter campaign in another month or two. And one of the things that people will be able to get is access to, like, the soft open of the club beforehand. So we'll probably do a soft open with our Kickstarter people for a couple of weeks before we open to the general public. Just because for both Jonathan and myself... I really, service everything. So I really, I would rather hire an enthusiastic person than an experienced person. And that means giving them a chance to get their sea legs, their shuffleboard legs. <laughs> and um, and that might take a, a few weeks. So sort of having a friends and family open in July and uh, and see how far we get and then opening it to the general public after that. But we already have weddings and bar mitzvahs and corporate events and Christmas parties booked. So wow. we really don't have much of a choice but to get open as soon as possible.
0: That's great. No, and yeah. it, I mean it must be great for you knowing that you know you will at least have some income coming in once uh, the yeah. door is open.
1: Which and we didn't even really account for that income, which was nice. It was like, oh, we didn't realize that this how big of a deal this would be for for Companies and events and stuff. But New York City, it's hard to find that much developed space.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and the beauty of that, of course, is that those are all people that can come back when you're just open for regular business.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Right. And they learn, like, oh, shuffleboard is actually fun. You know, that's the idea. I think for a while, because it's such an unknown game, people will be coming just for the novelty. And what we're hoping is that they'll come and they'll say, oh, but I actually like to play shuffleboard. The thing is, numbers one and two in the world right now are 75 years old and there is nobody behind them. So one of our customers at the Royal Palms will be the next world champion,
0: which I think is so cool. How cool
1: is it that you, Stefan, you could become the next world champion. And Nepal just joined the International Shuffleboard Society or whatever it is, the International Shuffleboard League maybe. and. We only need like five more countries, and we can apply to be an Olympic
0: sport. Oh, and and really, it's sort of like, a, in my sort of stereotypical—I don't know anything about shuffleboard world. I sort of think of shuffleboard as being the land or cruise ship equivalent of curling, and you know, and yeah. curling's in the Olympic, and and yeah, that there are people who who take that incredibly seriously, and so um, why shouldn't you know? Why shouldn't there be a shuffleboard event in the Olympics? Because I'm sure there are, you know, every bit as many people, or could be every bit as many people who are uh, obsessed with the skill uh, required in in uh, in shuffleboard. It's the same same basic kind of concept in terms of uh, skill and placement and
1: yeah. control. And, and- People ask us all the time if we're going to turn them into shuffleboard – curling courts in the winter, but I don't think we want people slipping on the ice. That's just too much liability. Right, right. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, Ashley, I think – this is great. I I know so much more about (laughs) shuffleboard, which I, I think is cool. Uh, because uh, you know, as, as you know, I live in an area that has a uh, a sizable population of seventy uh, five year olds, and That's true. so now I'm sort of thinking, are there shuffleboard clubs around here? Not not well, that I am thinking of opening a shuffleboard club. Uh, well,
1: we're gonna we're gonna roll out. We do have a global expansion plan, so we will be going to next. We're gonna go. I think Portland, Austin, San Francisco, Oslo, and Berlin is I think the order.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay.
1: Maybe maybe we'll come to you too.
0: That would be great. That would be great. So Ashley, (laughs) I think most people listening to the podcast probably know where to find you on the Jimmies. But if they want to know more about any of your other projects, especially the Shuffleboard Club, but any of your projects, where can they find you online?
1: Um, well, Royal Palms Shuffle, so two S's, Palms Shuffle, um, will get you right now to our Facebook page, and then origi- and then eventually it'll get you to our website, which is sort of still in the works. And um, Survival of the Hippest is the Twitter necklace company. And, you know, hilariously, I own AshleyAlbert.com and PluckyP.com, and I... This is the problem when you have too many projects. <laughs> I don't actually do anything for myself. So, you know, I mean, and of course, gimmejimmies.com for the jimmies. Um, but Plucky Pea on Twitter is a good place to sort of keep up with the ridiculousness uh, of my life. I bought, I bought Escargot, a can of Escargot in Chinatown yesterday, which people now know about. They don't even... Escargot in a, a can? Bad decisions on Twitter.
0: Uh, the internet, where would we be without it? <laughs> awesome, Well, Ashley, thank you so very much for joining me today and chatting this was this was I had a lot of fun I, I really did, so I appreciate you taking the time and thank you, so thank you uh, listeners for tuning in. Uh, you can subscribe to this if you haven 't already in iTunes or your other favorite podcast uh, subscription system. <laughs> Uh, And if you do subscribe through iTunes, please, if you uh, would write a review and rate it, I'd very much appreciate it. So thank you again, Ashley.
1: Thanks so much, Stefan. We'll see you uh, on the Shuffleboard Courts.
0: Awesome. Thanks, y'all. Bye.